the killer crossovers, the nothing but net jumpers, the tenacious throwdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is back. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in teleprizes. Playing daily fantasy hoops is easy. All you got to do is pick your lineup of pro basketball players, stay on the salary cap, and rack up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. Score big, and you can score big cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in teleprizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code WMVP. This week, new customers get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. That's code WMVP only DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You can bet right now. On the NBA games for Christmas Day on December 25th, you can put bets down right now. You can take a look at the MVP race. You can look at the future games and decide you want to put a bet down. Only at DraftKings. Time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Let's go. Bulls are awesome right now. What is up and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Hood, part of the Cap and J Hood Morning Show from 7 to 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000. Also on the ESPN Chicago app, you can catch me sometimes on Sirius XM NBA Radio. And of course, this is the spot that you come for basketball conversation, NBA college, the WNBA with the world champion Chicago Sky and more. You love basketball? Basketball is hood. Me, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for stopping by the podcast. I'd like to remind you, by the way, new merchandise is coming out. New merch. Have you seen this on my Twitter? Twitter.com Tweet Hood. Instagram IGJHood. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? New merchandise is coming out for the Under the Hood podcast, so check it out. It'll be coming soon. During holiday season, new t-shirts, New hoodies, there's new water bottles, socks, yeah, even socks, under the hood podcast gear is coming out soon, so be looking for that. As always, I appreciate you supporting the podcast. And don't forget, you can catch this exclusively on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener when it comes to podcasts, man, I got to hook up right here. Spotify. Uh, That way, you never miss an episode of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. So we're going to go around the NBA as we always do, but we first start with the Chicago Bulls. Um, that is pretty awesome. The Bulls are 4-0 for the first time in 25 years. If you're a Bulls fan, you celebrate that, but at the same time, that's sad, right? On the positive end, the Bulls are beating teams that they're supposed to beat. Detroit, New Orleans, Toronto on Monday night, October 25th. 
it's good for the Bulls to be able to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Those teams I just mentioned more than likely will not make the playoffs. But the Bulls are finding a way to win these games. And just as we have been talking about leading into the season, the reason why that this is great for the Bulls is because Zach Levine, you know he's going to get his, right? There's more of an emphasis for him on the defensive end, which I like to see him staying in front of his man. But he's not alone out there. The big difference is that Zach Levine is not out there by himself shooting the basketball, trying to you know, score 60 points, 70 points to try to help the Bulls win. And so watching the ebb and flow of that game uh, on Monday night, seeing the Bulls win, what really stood out to me the most is, is that there's DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan was excellent from the foul line, did a great job, 10 for 10 from the foul line, and the Bulls only missed one free throw the entire game. So that means that you are getting to the foul line, you gain the respect from the officials, and I know in basketball, that's big. You say, hey, Hood, a foul's a foul in October like it is in May or June in the playoffs. Well, that's not the case for everybody, right? When you're a team that's going to the foul line, you're being aggressive, and you're making the officials pull out their whistle, that's a good thing. And so I was happy to see the Bulls 95% from the foul line. That's one thing. To see Zach Levine with 22 points uh, along with five assists was great. DeRozan with his 26 points to lead all scorers for the Bulls uh, as he goes back to his old stomping grounds in Toronto uh, as he leads the team. As I mentioned, 10 free throws, perfect there. And then Vucevic with 17 and 8, 17 points and 8 rebounds in the game. Lonzo Ball. Let's talk about him for a second. So Lonzo Ball is going to be the lead guard for this team. He had 15 points and five assists. Now, for Lonzo, he's just got to take care of the basketball, right? The Bulls had 12 turnovers in the game, four from Lonzo Ball, especially late in the game. Got to take care of the basketball. That game was way too close for comfort in the fourth quarter where Toronto had 28 points and the, uh, the Bulls had 19. But what I'm encouraged by is that the Bulls hung on to win that game. The last 10 years or so, Bulls would have just tricked that game off, they would have lost the game, and they would have had their first loss of the season. But they they were able to hang in there and win the game against this Toronto team. Uh, Toronto's not the same Toronto team as it once was. There is some upside with this team that we'll talk about in just a moment from my friend Paul Jones. Paul Jones is the brother of Mark Jones. You ever see Mark Jones on ESPN? Does college football and does basketball for ESPN? Well, his brother Paul is the voice of the Toronto Raptors. So we'll hear from Paul. We'll go north of the border, and I'll put a call into Toronto to get his thoughts on what he saw from Toronto and from the Bulls on Monday night. But nonetheless, with the Raptors, it's a different looking Raptors team, clearly. Van Vliet's still a very good player. Anubi um, is a very good player as well uh, for this Raptors team. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. has a very bright future, uh, but they were scrappy. I like Nick Nurse very much as a head coach, but they're just going to have to find their star power again in Toronto for them to succeed. Billy Donovan with thoughts after the game. Well, I, I think there's a lot. Um, you know, we really got that lead to the beginning of the third quarter by really playing downhill and attacking the basket. We moved the ball. And then obviously anytime a team gets down by 20, you know that they're going to pick up defensive intensity, which they did. And I thought for the most part early there in the third, we weathered it. Um, I thought to close the third and um, even starting the fourth, I thought we got stagnant. Um, I thought they were the aggressor. Um, they had us back on our heels. Um, you knew that we were going to make a run. I thought DeMar came in and really kind of settled us with some of the plays he made the last three or four minutes. But I think with the ball handling and the skill that we have, we've got to be better in those situations, you know, with the turnovers. Um, Zach lost one in the backcourt. 
I think Vooch lost one on a pass. Um, you know, Alex drove in one time and I think he was trying to draw a foul. There was just some bad possessions that that we you know d- d- didn't need to have. Uh, but it, it, I think anytime you can win and you can hopefully still learn, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know, that I thought we played really, really well for about three and a half quarters, but that's just obviously not good enough. Uh, but again, I think there's a lot we can take from this, and I'm, I'm proud of the way they hung in there and found a way to, to win the game at the end. Um, certainly, I think the taking care of the ball and the turnovers, like I said earlier, with our skill level, we've got to be much better than we were. You, you mentioned this briefly, Billy, but there are a lot of reasons why you, you, you acquired DeMar, but is that stabilizing presence and that ability to hit big shots late, is that just one of the, one of the many attributes you can, you can bring to a team? You know, I think so. You know, he really, um, really settled us. Um, we, we, we didn't like, we didn't get downhill enough the, the, to be honest with you. We, we couldn't get off screens. We couldn't get by them. We couldn't go around them. And I think that was part of the reason why we ended up getting the lead. They were very aggressive. And I think in those situations, you want to put pressure at the basket by, you know, generating fouls, but we were totally perimeter perimeter orientated and, you know, Zach was forced to take obviously some tough shots, and you know what? He didn't make them. He had in, in some other situations. Um, I even thought, you know, posting up Vooch, there was times we could have got to him the ball earlier than than um, than than we threw it to him, and a lot of times we didn't get it to him at all. Um, but we've got to be better, you know, in those situations. And you know, Demar obviously did a great job closing the game out, and you know, I think the team did a good job. You know, we found a way to win the game was on the road, and you know, give them credit they you know fought their way back, but. Uh, you know, we, we can hopefully get better and learn from this. Thanks, Billy. Yep. Hey, Billy, uh, you guys had a little bit of a close call in Detroit and, and pulled it out kind of like tonight, but um, how much of the late game struggles were a product of, you think, just these guys being new together and, and just sloppiness? Um, I didn't think the Detroit situation, this situation, had anything to do with each other, meaning yeah, that I'm not, I'm not complaining. You know, we played I'm not great complaining defense them, and got some stops. I didn't think that we were great offensively coming down the stretch against Detroit. Um, you know, in terms of when we were taking shots, I think we got better. I thought we were better tonight in that area. Um, but I think that, you know, we didn't really get uh, the timely stops that we needed. But I think the, the situations to me, even though the games were close, they were totally different. You know, we got stops to kind of win that game. We needed to get stops, but we really needed to just take care of the basketball and get to the free throw line and, you know, put points on the board that way. Uh, when you have live ball turnovers like we did and we're giving away, I mean, we must have gave away six or eight points just on live. I think maybe just live ball turnovers where it was like layups and dunks. And, you know, it's when you got a six or an eight point lead, you know, you got to be able to close the game better than that. Um, I do think they're, you know, them being in these situations together will be a good thing. I like the the tone and the voice in, in the locker room by all, I mean, on the bench by all the guys, you know, I thought it was good. They stuck together. They stayed together. They were talking to each other about figuring things out and different things we needed to do. But, you know, whether it be Alex or Lonzo, you know, or, or Zach or DeMar, we have enough ball handling and playmaking there, you know, and we got to be able to spread the floor and, and get the ball across and, you know, still look to attack, but still take care of the ball. Hi. Hey Billy, I just uh, was curious what the, what was the um, update on Vooch? Was he, do you think the illness affected him all today? And then he also got uh, they switched him into some on the defense and on some key spots. How do you think he did uh, handling those at the end of the game? 
Yeah, I mean, he did a great job at the end of the game. We had a switch. We probably, I think the possession before that defensively, they went a little bit smaller and kind of subbed the same way. And with shooting free throws, we weren't able to get Patrick in. So he had to play the possession. And I think he did a really nice job uh, on the last uh, possession. Um, I think the other thing, um, you know, with him physically is I went with shorter rotations with him and got him out, started him in the second quarter and started him in the fourth and just tried to, I mean, his minutes were probably up there as, as they normally were partly because of the third quarter he went to a little bit normal but we were struggling so much at the end of that third quarter and I just wanted to get him out there to start the fourth quarter just to try to settle us a little bit just to have another scorer out there another guy that we could throw the ball to and, and play through um I, I'm sure he wasn't feeling 100 percent you're probably better off asking him but you know he he's a tough guy and a team guy and you know he found a way to to come in and play in the game Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls, meeting the media on Monday night as the Bulls are now 4-0, first time in 25 years. <laughs> That's a good thing. And then the other thing is, is that it's just sad. <laughs> it's sad that it's, it's taken 25 years to achieve this goal, this mark of 4-0 for the first time in 25 years. So a couple of notes out of this. Zach Levine has officially passed Michael Jordan for the fourth most three-pointers made in franchise history. Think about that. Shows you how much the game has changed, right? Dunks and, um, you know, quality mid-range was really the game for the Bulls and the NBA during that era. And now Zach Levine officially passed Michael Jordan for the fourth most three-pointers made in franchise history. Another mark I want to point out to you as well, and that is... Uh, a guy that is going to be unsung for this season, I think, for the Bulls, especially if he stays healthy, and that's Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, as I said uh, leading into the season, he is going to be a key for this Bulls team. Uh, hard hat, lunch pail, he comes to play as a guy that is um, someone that's meddlesome defensively and also can be able to make others better and get to the basket. He is a max uh, effort player, and I'm not saying that he's as good as DeMar DeRozan or Levine or Lonzo Ball. I mean, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is already Al Caruso leads the NBA with 13 steals. Little things, right? The intangibles. And so those things really resonate with me a lot as well. So 13 steals already for Alex Caruso. Will he lead the league in steals? Probably not. But the point is, though, is that that's really a positive. So now coming up, it'll be the Bulls taking on the New York Knicks. This will be the best test that the Bulls have had to date. We documented the two games against Detroit, New Orleans, Toronto. Okay, those teams are less than. But again, you'd rather beat those teams and lose to them, so I'm not pushing them to the side. But this Knicks team uh, that's coming in on Thursday will be very interesting to watch. This Knicks team with Tom Thibodeau, if you're, a, if you're a hoop head like I am, you know exactly you know the kind of coach that Tom Thibodeau is. Demanding, wants it, wants it done on the defensive end, defense creates offense, uh, try to make as few mistakes as possible, high percentage shots, stuff like that. So we're looking at Julius Randle as the guy, along with Fournier. And by the way, <laughs> when you are not having people look over your shoulder at work or at home, I want you to type in the word Fournier, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R. I want you to type that in and then see what comes out. I'm not going to tell you here on the podcast, but you will see what a Fournier is if you just look it up and then hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram and tell me what you see. 
<laughs> Again, maybe you don't want to do this in front of people. And maybe if you have a weak stomach, you don't want to do this. But look up the word Fournier, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R. He's the shooting guard for the Knicks. Don't look up Evan Fournier, just the word Fournier. Anyway, so Kemba Walker as well. Kemba Walker, R.J. Barrett, um, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin. It's a good team. Of course, D. Rose. D. Rose is on this team as well. The renaissance of Derrick Rose uh, coming off the bench as a key cog for this Knicks team as well. Uh, Taj Gibson also making his return. So this will be very compelling to watch to see how this Knicks team is going to uh, take on the Bulls. The Bulls are a little bit soft in the middle. But I want to know how this all works with Mitchell Robinson against Vucevic or how the how the teams ebb and flow throughout the day or in this particular game about exactly how this is going to work. Will it be small? Will it be will it go big uh, by utilizing Vucevic on the inside? Will they utilize Robinson more? We're going to find out how this all develops for the Knicks and the Bulls. The biggest test of the Bulls have had should be interesting to watch. Before we hear from my guy, Paul Jones, north of the border in Toronto, just want to point out something about the Lakers. So Carmelo Anthony said the best part about passing Moses Malone for number nine in the all-time scoring list is a victory. And he said he's still doing it. He had 18 points, actually 18 of his uh, team high 28 points against the Memphis Grizzlies as the Lakers win their first game of the season. They didn't win a game in the exhibition season, let alone the regular season, until they took on Memphis. 121-118, the Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies. I point this out because I've been watching this Lakers team very closely, and I know that they have, what, maybe four or five Hall of Famers on the on the same team. Uh, it is interesting to watch how this team, it would have been really good in like 2015, maybe 2010, maybe, uh, but in 2021, it's interesting to see how this works. So the storyline so far. So Rajon Rondo, who's also part of this team, is pointing out a fan with a finger gun, pointing out a fan, and fan slaps Rondo's hand away, and it's like, what's what's going on with that? That was weird. So then from there, we see a face-to-face between Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. Now, I'm not the biggest Dwight Howard fan, but I think I would take him in a fight against Anthony Davis, but they're going face-to-face and had to be separated, all right, and when, they, when the Lakers took on the Suns, this team is worth watching it's just like going down the freeway going down the um and going down the expressway and seeing a fire you, you want to see what's how that why is there a fiery crash or why there's fire coming off a car uh where you just can't help but to look same thing with this lakers team i can't w- help but to look and see what this team looks like because it got so many stars around it maybe diminishing stars Maybe not stars of today, but LeBron James has his hands full. That's for sure. There are a lot more talented teams than the Lakers. Uh, young teams, teams that play with a ruthless aggression, number of young stars. I know they've got veterans on this team, but watch this Lakers team very closely. Check out the box scores. Very interesting to see how this Lakers team is going to develop. All those guys and one basketball. We'll see. As promised, we go to Toronto uh, from the Tangerine Toronto Raptors radio network. Paul Jones, my buddy, the longtime voice of the Raptors, is with us as the Bulls took on the Raptors on Monday night. Paul, it's always good to hear you, man. How are you? I'm good, Jay Hood, man. It's good to hear you, too, and it's good to good to be back in arenas. We, uh, we were kind of locked out up here in Toronto, not being able to cross the border. Team relocated to Tampa last year, so... Just nice to feel the energy of the crowd and and uh, and be back in the arena, man. 
Uh, so, our, so my audience knows, yeah, I do listen to Paul. That's why I know it's the Tangerine Toronto Raptors Network. That is, <laughs> that is the IQ that he gave It me. is. <laughs> it is. It is at that. And as and it's good corporate people, you got to get the sponsor in there, brother. You know how that works. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I really, uh, I really like the ebb and flow of Monday night's game with the Bulls and the Raptors. What, what resonated most with you watching that? Uh, a couple things from the Toronto standpoint, it was um, the emerging and 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 uh, budding resiliency of a team that's really trying to come together that only has a couple pieces left over from the championship run. Fred Van Vliet, uh, a Rockford, Illinois guy, um, Pascal Siakam, who's not playing right now, and OG Ananobi, who actually didn't even play in the championship season because of appendicitis uh so the, the the you know like i said the the emerging resiliency of this new team that's coming together after being down 20 and getting it back to the point where they pressured up and forced the bulls into some turnovers after turning the ball over many times themselves to get back in it and have a chance to tie it with a three-pointer at the end although van vliet missed it and then from the chicago side you know mark eversley uh, the GM is is a is a friend. We've we've known each other since you know high school ball, and I, I watched him come up behind me. And um, I, I think he's been part of the management team that's done a really really good job there, Jay Hood. And I, I look at you know young vets like um, Lonzo Ball, um, you know, and, and they've got a, a a proven vet like Demar Derozan, and I, I love what Billy Donovan's doing with with the coaching of this team and what my takeaway was the bulls the bulls could be a really tough out mm-hmm. i mean demar is he's a sage old man now you know he's got that you know jay hood when you go to the park and there's a dude there that's like the mayor of the park and he gets on the court and he wins like eight nine games in a row doesn't jump everything's shot fake He's playing you with his brain. He's playing chess, and and you're playing checkers. Right. That's that's Demar right now, and and jeez, uh, I, I just I just like what the Bulls have done, and in, in uh, you know putting it together. You know, a guy like Caruso who has championship experience. I, I, I just I just like the way their team's going. Then you mix in all these young, hungry, energy guys. You know, like I said, the the old lion sitting there in a. A giraffe comes by and the young lion says, let's eat. And the old lion says, easy. We'll wait till there's a bunch and we'll eat for a few days. Just, you know, you got the energy with the Troy Brown Jr. and people like that. And then, like I said, you got the DeMar, the old wise vet saying, all right, young fellow, I'm going to show you how to do this. So I, I like the Bulls team. I really, really do. Looking at the end, uh, toward the end of that game, especially late in the third, in the fourth, Paul, I really liked how the, pack, uh, how the Raptors really packed it in defensively. It was it, it, all of a sudden the Bulls became a perimeter team because they could not get to the basket as much. So I saw an adjustment there, and then right at the end, that's a game that usually the Bulls would lose over the last decade, but they were able to pull that out. You had a big in Vucevic against Van Vliet. That was close, so I will say the defensive effort uh, really uh, resonated with me a lot watching that from the Raptors' standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I thought Toronto, they st- John, Jay Hood, they stopped turning the ball over. I mean, they were minus 15 in points off turnovers, and that's something they are usually good at, turning the other team over and getting out and running and getting easy baskets. And um, let's face it, with all these new uh, 
new players and new faces. You know, Mikhailuk, Dragic, you know, Ananobi's in a new role, and Van Vliet's trying to figure all this out. Uh, Chicago got the best of them in terms of turning it over, and, and Toronto sometimes has their issues in the half court when they can't get out and run, but they tightened up the D. And uh, speaking of D, I thought Vucevic did a pretty good job kind of dancing there, trying to yeah. keep Fred from, you know, getting a shot, although Freddie sque- was able to squeeze one off. And, you know, if it goes down, maybe the overtime's a different story. That is true. Um, I uh, I really liked your analysis on DeRozan because it is an established veteran. It's really a shot in the arm that the Bulls needed as far as scoring. But, you know, what bothers me, Paul, is there's so much analytics out there and so many numbers to pour through where the, the, the analytic heads would say, well, you know, he shoots under 30% from three. I mean, he's a mid-range jumper guy. That's passe. And I would just say the guy's getting buckets. Sometimes you put the numbers aside and say, can the guy play? Thumbs up or thumbs down? And it's a thumbs up for me. Uh, absolutely. And, and Jay Hood, we saw that when he was in Toronto. People are like, well, he doesn't take the three. I tell you what, he knocked, him, he knocked two in last night. Uh, one pull up in transition. I'm like, dang, Damar, you got that now? I, and I'm sure he's a better three-point shooter if he worked off a little more volume than the numbers show, but he's the king of the mid-range. And, and one, he's good at it. And two, nobody knows how to guard it. And, you know, he, he came into the game and on the, one of the first forays to the bucket, you know, he gets to his spot, uh, elbow, shot fake, Scotty Barnes jumps in the air, DeMar leans in, and one. And I, I, I said on the call, on the broadcast, Scotty, he was doing that when you were in grade school. Yes, you you got you to stay on your feet, young brother. Exactly. And, and there's the three-point play the old-time way, right, Jay Hood? The yeah. way we used to do it, and one. And, you know, you're right. A lot of the numbers people get hung up in that. But a line from our guy Chuck Cooperstein in, in Dallas, and, and Chuck and I were talking, and we were lamenting the, the numbers and how – you know, we got people taking threes that shouldn't be taking threes because that's the way the game's played now. And he said it, and I love the line. Yeah, three is better than two, but two is better than nothing. And you get a guy like DeMar working in the mid-range and, as you said, getting buckets, and can he play? Uh, I'll, I'll take that. Now, I, I don't care what the numbers say. I also like the scrappiness of Caruso. I was looking at the numbers to see that he leads the league in steals in this you know very early NBA season. I... I, people laugh, but I saw him when calling Windy City Bulls basketball games for the uh, the G League. I saw him with the South Bay Lakers, and I thought, ah, you know, you know, the guy comes in with a headband, the uniform's a little bit too baggy for him, and then he's a sandbagger. All of a sudden, now he's diving on the floor. You know, now he's getting he's getting floor burns. Now he's getting steals. Now he's getting layups. I said, well, there's a, a max effort guy because he's got another choice. And I really believe LeBron's going to be missing Caruso because he's that hard hat, lunch pail guy. And now the Bulls have him. I think that's a positive for sure. That's a great pickup, and that's a great point. You know, like I said, you go to the park, and you know the guy with the headband, and and like nobody's picking him, and all of a sudden you say, "Hey, man, you want to run?" And like you said, it turns out the guy can play. And I like, I, I mean, he's the kind of guy that every team needs. He's 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 like the the lug nut on the on the luxury car on the front tire. If you don't have it, things fall apart. And and I I like and let's face it, I like what he gives. And let's face it, he can quietly do do some other things too for you, Jay Hood. He can score. He can run your team. He plays defense. 
So I, again, it, it's he's one of those young vets with championship experience that I think is a great pickup for Chicago. Paul, you'll you'll get a kick out of this. So the the <laughs> the Bucks win the championship, and some Chicagoans are like, you know, because Chicago, Milwaukee are just ninety miles away. It feels like it's our championship too, and I said no, BS no. on that. It's not your championship. <laughs> it's the it's Milwaukee's championship. Uh, so I, I'm happy for their success. I'm wondering whether or not you feel there's another step for the Bucks this year, or do you take the field in the East based on everything that you've seen? Uh, you know what? It's hard to bet against the champ, especially the way uh, you know Giannis has improved and what they have around him. They 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 kept the band together. You know. Uh, when you think about Holiday and Connaughton and, and Middleton has, uh, you know, come from out of the pack and has become one of their better players. And, and you know, Jay Hood, they got the confidence now. Like we saw that, I saw that in the Raptor team the year after Kawhi left. And people might forget, go back and look at when the pandemic hit in 2020. Toronto had the third best record in the NBA. And they were, they were slaying people. And when... A guy, a, 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 a girl, somebody has that confidence in what they're doing and they really believe, that's tough to beat. And, and I think you're going to see that with Milwaukee this year. Yeah, they they got blown out in my, at Miami. Well, yeah, they turned the page and look at their record now. They're, you know, I, I think they're going to be a tough out. And like in our old boxing days, man, until you knock the champ on his wallet, it's his crown. And, and I think somebody's going to have to take him out and they're going to be a very difficult out. Paul, if you were to give advice to Kyrie Irving, what would you tell him? Because I've been thinking about this for a while, too, and I would just tell him, like, you know, you do what's best for you, but when you come back, think about the kind of impact that you can make for this Nets team. Uh, KD did not come to Brooklyn just to play with James Harden or with, you know, Joe Harris or whatever. He wanted to play with you because you're a talented player. What would you tell him as far as advice on what to do here? Yeah, and and uh, first thing I would say is, as as you pointed out, Jay Hood, do do you? If you, I mean, if you don't want to get the vaccine, I I, I get that. You know, it's an, an individual decision. Although, uh, you know, when there's something wrong and you go to the doctor and you get some medication or they tell you what to do, you don't say, "Yo, hold on, doc, let me." Uh, let me do my own research on this, right? <laughs> like, so, I mean, I, that being said, hey, you do you and, and do what's best for you. And when you come back, yeah, you better be all in and invested with these guys because Durant, Harden, uh, what the Nets have built, they've built it for a championship and they want you to be part of that. They see you as part of that. So when you come back, you have to be all in. You you. Uh, you know, let the water under the bridge stay where it is and get in there and do everything you can for this team. Um, it's, it's just a shame that that he's not out there. And I, and I get his decision. I get his decision because we all make our own. But, you know, I've, I've got a 94-year-old mother and I feel much more comfortable going to visit her now that I've had the vaccine and now that she's had it. That doesn't mean something couldn't still happen, but I think I've just reduced the chances along with everything else that I'm doing to stay safe. Yeah, there's no question. I, lastly, and I appreciate your time, I've been hearing rumblings that Montreal may get back into the Major League Baseball business. Could, could this be a possibility? Have you heard the same, that Montreal could be a, a destination of Major League Baseball again? That'd be interesting. 
Yeah, I have heard that. And, and you know, it's funny when the Nationals won it a couple years ago, there were a lot of people in Montreal, kind of like that Milwaukee, Chicago thing. <laughs> Although they're in Montreal, they're saying, yo, that's our team. That's our team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you, 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 you took our team from us. And, and the same way that, you know, when OKC made it to the finals, the people in Seattle are like, yo, yo. And I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, the year after they left, some dude in Baltimore is walking around with my Super Bowl shirt. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's all I can say. So, um, yeah, it, it sounds like something could be worked out, shared between, uh, you know, Tampa and Montreal. Uh, Montreal is a great city, Jay. I, I don't know if, if you've been up there or had the chance to visit it. Yeah. It's, it's cosmopolitan, world class. It rivals, you know, it's, it's there with Toronto and Vancouver and Paris and, and, and uh, you know, London and, and those multicultural, you know, like I said, cosmopolitan, world-class cities. And they're, they are a bit fickle when it comes to their sports, but they do like to have their teams there. And if you're going good, they are right behind you. Well, Paul, I'm glad you spent some time with me. I just want to reach out and say, you know what? It's good to see the Raptors and, again, the fans in the building at Scotiabank to be able to watch and then seeing the Bulls there, too. So I want to reach out and just uh, check in with you. I appreciate you coming on the show. And it's good to be it's good to be thought of, man, and, and it's good to always check in with you. Keep up the great work. I hear you on a few different outlets, national outlets, and uh, it's always good to hear your work, man. Keep it up. Paul, thank you very much. Before we're out of here, some news and notes for you, uh, including Brian Scalabrini, my colleague from Sirius XM NBA Radio. Um, the White Mamba says that he thinks that the Bucks can repeat as NBA champions. A lot of people, for whatever reason, they're not high on the Bucks. You know, going into the season, I think this is overreaction. You watch their team. I think they're they're more poised. They have better spacing. They're they're probably more confident. Giannis seems like a more confident player. No matter what, you have to put two on him, and he's a willing passer, so that's going to lead to open shots. So you still have to deal with that guy right there. And the Nets, they're an amazing offensive team, but there's going to be a lot of conversations about Kyrie, a lot of conversations about what to do, you know, what, should they trade him, and do they need him to, to ultimately get over that hump. But watching the Bucks, like Bobby Portis, he didn't play. You know, they're going to get DiVincenzo back. They're just going to get better as that season goes along. And um, I'm picking them to repeat. I picked them last night to repeat before all this stuff. And you watch them. They look poised to have a, a really good like defending champion. That's because I think the personality of their superstar. Shout out to Charles Barkley. If you were too young to remember this, Charles Barkley was a great player. Not just the commentary you see on TNT and sometimes on hockey coverage and making outlandish comments, but Charles Barkley can play. Think about him. He's 6'4 and can run the floor like a, you know, like a point guard. And he was a bigger guy, but can still rebound and was a, a tremendous player. 37 years ago today, as so we record this here on Tuesday, the 26th of October, 37 years ago today, Charles Barkley made his NBA debut. Barkley with the 76ers was 40 and 20 three times. He uh, scored 30 points and 20 rebounds 18 times. 20 and 20, 37 times. 25 and 25, two times. That's all in his 76ers career. Think about it. 40 and 20, 40 points and 20 rebounds three times in one uniform? That's crazy. But Charles Barkley was the man. 
didn't win a championship, but it doesn't define him because he was such a unique talent wherever he went that when you see those numbers and you see that man get up and down the floor, he was a great talent, a Hall of Famer indeed. The jam job, as it was called there. <laughs> a slam dunk was a jam job back then in 1984. <laughs> as Charles Barkley uh, makes his debut. Uh, lastly, here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app. Put in the promo code WMVP. Do it like I do it. I have it on my phone. I'm betting the NBA every day. But when the WNBA was in, especially with the Chicago Sky, I was betting the WNBA every day. So check it out, DraftKings. It's been good to me. It's good to the show as a sponsor. I hope that you're good to them. DraftKings, download the app and go look for yourself and use the promo code WMVP. Lastly, speaking of great players, the NBA's 75th anniversary team was announced. The NBA 75th anniversary team was announced from October 19th through the 21st as the league tipped off its landmark 75th anniversary season. Now, you know how much I love basketball. That's why I'm doing this podcast every week here on Spotify, the ESPN Chicago app, or wherever you're getting uh, this podcast. If you love basketball, you've come to the right place. And I want to get your feedback on the show as well. Tweet J Hood or Instagram, IGJHood. All the stuff that we've talked about, hope you give a chance to... uh, Hit me up and give me your thoughts on the Bulls and everything else around the NBA. Love to get your feedback. As a matter of fact, on this show, we're going to start opening up a mailbox. People call it mailbag. I call it the mailbox segment where I take your questions about the NBA. Uh, and I look forward to doing that in the future weeks here on the show. So, NBA 75th anniversary team is announced. A total of 158 NBA championships and 730 NBA All-Star selections, a combined 110 Most Valuable Player Awards and Bill Russell's NBA Finals MVP Awards, more than 1.5 million points scored. And this league is just littered with so many great players. Um, It's just awesome. 11 active players were selected to the 75th anniversary team. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Carl Melo Anthony, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. Now, my issue with this, as far as 11 active players are concerned, is that Clay Thompson is not on this list, and, and I've been reading Clay's Instagram and his Twitter. He's still pissed off that he didn't make the top 75 team. And... Um, I can understand why. <laughs> I mean, I can understand why. It's, it's, he was trying to be in the top 75, 76 players um, in the league, and he did not make it of all time. I would have not put Anthony Davis on that list. 
I would have not. But Giannis definitely deserves to be on that list. Melo, because of his exploits in college with Syracuse in the NBA, Steph Curry, the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen in the game, Kevin Durant, uh, really changing the game right now, multi-NBA champion James Harden looking for his first championship. Again, a terrific player in his own right, LeBron James, some say the greatest of all time. I would not, but some would say LeBron's the greatest of all time, especially of this generation of basketball, that's for sure. Um, Kawhi Leonard, multiple championships. Everywhere he goes, he wins a championship, except the Clippers so far. Damian Lillard, uh, great player in his own right. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple-Double. So I don't know why Klay Thompson's on this list, and I'm not sure why Anthony Davis is on the list. I mean, Anthony Davis has won a championship, sure. I just don't see him as a top 75, top 76 player in the history of the game. All 50 members of the NBA 50th anniversary team, which was named in 1996, have been selected to the 75th anniversary team. And so the the names that we know, you know, the Koozies, the Mikeins, the Dolph Shays, the, the Bob Pettits from the 50s and 60s. Here's what I won't do. The great players, the, the tippy-top great players, I'm not setting them to the side. I'm not going to do that because Bill Russell, 11 championships, two as a coach. He's got 13, the winningest player in the history of the game. Thank God he's still alive. Thank God he's still getting flowers. He went to the Hall of Fame as a coach too. So he's getting his flowers while he's still alive, which I think is awesome. But Bill Russell joins Kuzi, Mike, and Pettit as only four players who have been named to all four anniversary teams, and rightfully so. They, they were great players. Um... There have been six international players on here as well. We mentioned Giannis, Patrick Ewing, because he's from Jamaica, Tim Duncan from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Steve Nash from Canada, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Kim Olajuwon. Those international players changed the way we look at uh, basketball as well. Ewing, not as much. There was always big guys when he first came in the league, but the players like Nowitzki, players like Olajuwon, Duncan, Giannis changed the game. And so they deserve a minutes list as well. The five NBA legends who are serving as ambassadors for this anniversary season. Clyde Drexler, great with Portland, great college player, Houston, Magic. I mean, he, he and Bird got eyeballs back on the product. So there's no problem with Magic there. Nowitzki, Bob Pettit, Oscar Robertson representing different eras of the league's history. So that's awesome. Then the NBA 75th anniversary team. And so they go through the names and... I mean, I look at this and I really don't have a major problem with this list. I mean, um, there's so many groundbreakers from the 50s and 60s on this list as well, but they're modern names like we know, though. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one. Uh, ask Kendall Gill who's the best player to ever play basketball. He'll say, say it's uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, so Ray Allen's on this list. I was, going, I was just skimming through here. Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant's on this list. Dave Cowens on this list, uh, Billy Cunningham on this list, Dave DeBusha, uh is on this list, and you go move forward. So I don't have a problem with a lot, you know, James Worthy, John Stockton, Willis Reed, uh, Gary Payton, Robert Parrish, Carl uh, Malone, Kawhi Leonard, Allen Iverson, Jason Kidd. The list goes on and on of greats, right? I'm not going to read the entire list, but I just names that just popped off the page for me. But I really believe that Clay Thompson should be on this list as well. And he's not, and I know he's mad about it because I, re- I read his, his stuff on social media. Um, and then people were wondering about Dwight Howard as well. Like, should Dwight Howard, was he left off this list on purpose? And my thought is, is that Dwight Howard, you know, I think that Dwight Howard for his generation as a center is very good. But it, you can just tell 
that the reason why he's left off the list is because people don't like some people don't like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard doesn't take the game seriously, so you need to leave him off the list. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna take up um I'm not going to defend the league or those that made the votes in not putting Dwight Howard on, but you can just tell he was off the list because people think that he's a goof and think that he doesn't take this the position seriously. But that guy's going to the Hall of Fame. So I think that if you're going to leave him off because you don't like him, that's not right. It's got to be from a number standpoint. There's, there's going to be some people like Penny Hardaway's not on this list. Um, there's a number of others that did not make the list. But you know what, though? Dwight Howard, I mean, for, for his generation, uh, very solid. Now, I know he's been to the Lakers three times. That's a lot. <laughs> but uh, But definitely he's going to the Hall of Fame. So why was he left off? Anthony Davis, I'll put it this to you this way. How about this? I think Dwight Howard deserves it more than Anthony Davis at this point in time as we record this today. I think that Clay Thompson deserves to be in there uh, more than Anthony Davis. But that's how the voting went. So that's really my only beef about this list. But the 75th anniversary team is in the books. And again, a lot of greats on here. Maybe a couple of omissions, but still all great players. As always, I appreciate you listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast uh, brought to you by DraftKings. And again, I hope that you continue to listen because soon it's college basketball season. Oh, college basketball season. And so we will get a chance to preview the uh, college basketball season right around the corner and also look ahead to more great NBA action with the Bulls and everyone else around the NBA. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Hope you get a chance to hear me with David Kaplan, morning 7 to 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000 and also the ESPN Chicago app. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. That way you never miss an episode. All right. Thanks so much. And don't forget the Under the Hood merchandise is coming soon. Can I get you an Under the Hood bas- uh, basketball t-shirt? Can I get you an Under the Hood uh, koozie or a hoodie? Can I get you that? Can I get you some under the hood socks? Soon, very soon, you'll be able to purchase it at our show store. Thanks for listening.